Uh, today we're starting a sermon series that, that I'm pretty excited about because I'm learning so many new, th- oh, so many new things um, that God's teaching me in this, and I, and I hope that you, are, you will learn, this, learn in this series too. And it's based on a verse that is one of my favorite verses, which is uh, 1 John 3, 1a. Whenever you see that a, basically that means the first part of the verse. If it was a b, it would be what? Brilliant. You guys are brilliant. I knew it. Okay, so... This is the verse. Let's read this verse together. Ready? Go. See what great love the Father has extravagantly lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. One of the beautiful pictures all throughout Scripture is this idea that God is an over and above God, that He loves us as much as we can understand, but He always is taking the next step to lavishly pour His love and grace on us, and he proved it by sending Jesus. In in Christ, we are new creations. Um, The old is past, the new has come. And so his love motivated him to give his son Jesus for us. That's really what this verse is saying. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be using this verse, or at least having this as our foundation. And today I want to teach you to do something that all of you thought you already knew how to do. And it has to do with money. Okay, so now here's the deal. If you're a visitor and this is your first time here in church, I'm confirming what you hate about church. All they talk about is money. Well, you didn't have to answer so quickly. (laughs) And if you brought a visitor to church, maybe you were thinking, man, I've been praying for my neighbor. I want my sister, my family member to to come to Trinity because I love it. And, And you finally got them here today. You hate me right now. But this is such an important series when we're talking about not money, but something bigger. And I want to teach you how to do something uh, that, that you thought you already knew how to do. And here's what I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to be generous, not how to give. I want to teach you how to be generous, not how to give your money. Why am I not teaching you how to give? Because you know how to give. Our church knows how to give. You know what the Bible teaches about the tithe, the 10% tithe, for example, and most of you learned it, if you grew up in church, most of you learned it at some point in church. So when I grew up, I have a brother and two two other sisters, so it was the four of us sitting in the pew, and uh, I knew every Sunday there were two things I was going to get as I was a little kid, two things I was going to get in church, gum for the sermon and a quarter for the offering. Right? Raise your hand if that's kind of your mantra too. Yeah, a couple of gum for the, that's right. And I loved it because I love gum and, you know, you get a quarter. And I was very, I, I'm actually looking back, I was really pleased with that because it got us as a family into a habit of just, just giving and, and thinking about what that looks like. My parents, you know, they're both school teachers, so they didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, but whenever a need would come up, whenever a need would come up, they would, they would give. They'd be one of the first ones to go, you know what, hey, I'm going to help. I'm going to open my checkbook, I'm going to open my, you know, my, my wallet, and I'm going to help in that giving. Um, because they were like you are and like I am. We are good at this. Say this together. Ready? Go. Random acts of giving. We are really good when we hear a need. We're really good at opening our checkbooks or, or giving and, and supporting not only maybe financially but with food or maybe with clothing. We're really good at random acts of giving. Here's an example of that. 
How many of you know that we just recently as a church bought a, a van, uh, like a 15-passenger, one of those cool, yeah, mobile mobility kind of things with a little lift and everything? I love that thing because there are 10 to, to 20 people that couldn't come to church but now can because that van goes and picks them up. I saw it just this morning when I was at our downtown campus, and it's so cool. But how that came about was we had a van before that that was on its last legs. In fact, it, probably didn't, even, it didn't even have any legs left. It was just, that thing was about dead. Um, but uh, it, we brought that need to the congregation, and within record time, our church rallied and paid cash for a new van. That's random acts of giving. That's a really, really good thing. And I want you to hear me. Keep doing that. Whether that's here at our church, whether that's in the community, whether that's you know, out and about or, or wherever you hear a need, keep doing random acts of giving because I'm all for that. The problem with random acts of giving, if it is a problem, is that it usually comes at the end of a sales pitch. Right? I... You know, a need is made known at church, or you know, you're feeling motivated because you hear somebody in need, and and you just kind of feel either motivated or you feel guilty. Us pastors, we're good at, at both of them, right? And so you're just like, oh, okay. And then, honey, do you think we should do this? Yeah, let's do this. And so it comes at the end of this presentation that there's a need that has to happen, and we end up giving. Well, this week and next week, we're going to talk about what it means not to be a giver but to be a generous person. And it's not in an effort to get your money. Just hear that. It's not in an effort to get your money. If it was, I could have picture upon picture of poor kids, I, you know, of all the needs that we have in our car. I could, I could guilt you guys until your eyes bled. It just, I could. But it's not about that. If at any point in our church, or if you go to another church, you feel guilted into giving, keep going to your church I'm going to just speak for our church. If you hear me or any of our pastors guilt you into giving, give, to, give somewhere else. Don't give to Trinity if you, if you feel guilty. Because giving isn't between you and the church, it is, but it's more so be- your heart between you and God. Your trust in God. What does that look like? That's what we're talking about in terms of generosity. Here's another thought. Sometimes your giving masks the fact that you're not a generous person. You hold on to your money, and the only time you release it is when you are moved to compassion for a cause. Again, that's a good thing, but that doesn't define you as being a generous person. It defines you as being a giver. While being a giver is good, the goal that God wants for all of us, me too, is to move into being a generous person person. And again, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. We just never taught this growing up in church. Generous people have moved past those inspiring stories and, the, and sometimes the guilt that comes along this time of year with, with stewardship campaigns and all that. Generous people aren't motivated based on the sales pitch, but it's something else. It's based on something else. Now, there are four myths that you need to understand about generosity. Uh, Pastor Andy Stanley lays these out, and he says this. First myth is this. The generosity is spontaneous. Again, going back to, hey, we have a need in the church. I'm spontaneously going to help or give whatever, not just financially again with whatever it is. That's a first myth. Generous people are less spontaneous. They're less emotional about their giving. And most importantly, 
They're more strategic and planned in how they are generous. So generosity, um, as a myth, generosity is spontaneous. The second myth is this. Generosity is determined by your cash flow. Um, I can be generous today, but I can't tomorrow. You know, I just got paid, so I can be generous today. But at the end of the month, uh, I just got a raise, so I can be generous. But then we spend up that raise, and it's gone. Generous people are consistently generous. If you say, I give when I can afford it, or I can't give when I can't afford it, chances are you're a giver, but you've never learned to be generous. Third one is this. It's the amount that counts. That's a myth. Uh, in, at our downtown campus during the children's message, um, we, we actually received the, their offering during the, their actual children's message, and they have this metal bucket uh, downtown, and they call it a noisy offering. And so these kids, you know, they bring their quarters, and they like, when it's time for it, they just wind up, you know, and they're, <laughs> you know, cling, clang, cling. It's just an amazingly mess. So, um, but, you know, but you see a kid, like this morning, um, one of them brought a dollar. And if, if that dollar was actually something that they earned, what percentage of their income did they just donate or, or give out of the generosity of their heart? A big 80%? 90% of their income, and kids don't care. They're like, yeah, they just give. It's not the amount that counts. Think of the woman where Jesus is sitting at the temple and he's watching all these people, rich people, give out of their abundance, and then there's this poor woman who comes up and gives two little copper coins, and he goes ballistic. Remember this? And he, and he goes, oh my goodness, look at this woman. She gave, the others gave out of their abundance. This woman gave out of everything she owned. That's generosity, not just giving. And here's the last myth. Rich people are generous. When I become rich, then I'll be generous. Rich people, and this is important, rich people are rich. Generous people are generous. There's no correlation between your income level and generosity. There's no connection there. But when you free your money, you free yourself from your money. Many of us are so far into debt that we, we're, we're stranded, we're struggling, we're, we're choking ourselves, and there's no margin in our life. And then when we want to get happy, we go farther into debt to buy the thing that makes us happy that loses its value two seconds when you take it off the showroom. It's a cycle, and it doesn't make you happy. When you view your life generously, you set yourself up to be happier to be more content, and to be effective, and this is important, in impacting the world. That's why God gives you, especially in America, that's why God gives us money so that we can set it free to do great things around the world. And this is important because people who are generous are more content, they're more selfless, and they have a better, listen, generous people have a better quality of life because they have the correct perspective on their quantity of life. Generous people have a better quality of life because they have a correct perspective on the quantity of life. They order their lives differently than, than we who uh, are, are just random acts of giving. Again, that's a good thing. But all generous people are givers, but not all givers are generous people. It doesn't matter how many zeros you have behind your name. 
Again, it's not your fault. <laughs> Generosity isn't natural. Parents, what are the first two words that your kids learned? I mentioned this the other day, the other week. First one is no, other than mommy, daddy. Hopefully those are the first two. Uh, first one is no. Second one is mine. Yeah, you knew, right? Nobody, had, nobody has to teach our kids that because naturally we grab, we hoard for ourselves. That's our natural tendency. It has to be taught. Okay, here's the Jesus part. <laughs> okay, this is a sermon. So here's the Jesus part. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that, uh, where there's or a story in the Bible where the Apostle Paul is, is leaving the Ephesian church. And as he's leaving, he's kind of giving his last, hey, this is really important for you to know kind of thing. And he's recalling his work among the people in Ephesus. It comes from Acts 20. And Paul says this, you yourselves know that these hands, meaning his hands, ministered to my own needs, meaning take care of yourself. Jesus isn't saying <laughs> bankrupt yourself. He's not saying that. But he's saying, take care of yourself. I ministered to my own needs to the men who were with me and the men who were with me. So he served his, his family's needs or his needs and then also the people around him. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. So you, everything that, I've, that Paul is saying, everything that I'm doing is modeling, do the same thing by helping out, by, by being generous toward people who have less. And then he says, this is what Jesus said, and, and I'm going to put a verse up here that most people have read, um, but most of us mis- misread and misunderstand. Jesus himself said this. Let's say this together. Ready? Go. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How many? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that verse. Raise your hand if you knew Jesus said it. A couple of theologians. Good, good. Yeah, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I know what you're thinking. It's pretty good to receive too, isn't it? It is. But he's not saying when you feel good, God's going to bless you. That's not what this verse says. Jesus says something bigger. Because the word happy, anybody know what the word happy means? Or, I mean, I just told you. <laughs> anybody know what the word blessed means? It means happy in the Bible. So the Beatitudes, happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Happy are the peacemakers, right? So the word blessed basically means happy. So Jesus in this phrase is really saying something like this. Happy is the person whose life is organized around giving rather than receiving. That's what generosity is all about. Happy is the person whose life is ordered around being generous over and above just wanting and getting. Here's the kicker. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. This is a basic principle of life. It's a basic principle of life. Everybody, if you want your life to be happier, part of it is having a mentality, not a doing, but a mentality of generosity. And again, if you're feeling like this is a sales pitch, don't give to Trinity. Give somewhere else. Because this, I, I want you, I want you, I want you to, it's so important to know this and to just start processing it this week. Not, I don't want you to do anything, but just start processing what does it really mean to be generous? Happy people are generous people. Generous people are happy people. And, and the two things that always go together are these two words, happy and generous, and it doesn't mean, if you have a lot of money, it doesn't automatically make you generous. There's a guy by the name um, of Chuck Feeney. Anybody know, heard of him? 
Uh, if you go online to YouTube, there's a, a, an hour documentary on his life called Secret Billionaire. Chuck Feeney's an amazing man. He was one, part of the team that co-founded uh, Duty Free Shops. You know what those are in the airport, Duty Free? Uh, he was part of that team. He, he didn't invent the concept. There were other companies doing it. But they blew up this company, and he became a multi-multi-billionaire. Um, but he realized at a certain point, it's just not enough. Isn't there something more to this? Another car, another house, another vacation. Isn't there something more than just the billions that I have? And so he started, and he had always been a giver, but he reordered his life around being generous, and it's a mindset. Generosity is a mindset that you're a manager. You, you don't own it. You're a manager of it. And so Chuck started building universities and schools, hospitals all over the world, charitable organizations, amazing things. And the more wealth that he, he acquired, the less he wanted to be in the spotlight, which is, freaked his friends out. All of the, the rest of the guys were getting all these accolades and awards, and he'd be at home watching TV. They're like, what's going on? They thought he was crazy. And he goes, no, I just found a better way. I found what makes me happy, and it's not hoarding and accumulating, you know, long term. But it's being able to use what God has given and giving it away. And it's another characteristic of a generous person. They don't like to be in the spotlight. They don't need recognition because they don't do it for external accolades. They do it for internal contentment. Chuck said this, I had one idea that's never changed in my mind, that you should use your wealth to help people. He's the happiest he's ever been in his life. And he's generous with what he has. He doesn't do random acts of giving. His big thing is he's strategic in his giving. Now listen, I believe, I believe you and I have a moral obligation to make as much money as we can if it's ethical and legal. And a hush falls over the crowd. Let me say that again. I believe it is our moral obligation to make as much money as we can if it's moral and ethical. Why do I say that? Because the more money you have, the more you can impact the world. It's as simple as that. The more money you have, the more you can impact the world. And it's not a, it, this isn't a, oh, yeah, this person has so much money, so he needs to give it to those. No, no, no. It's all motivated out of God's love and, and in response to changing the world. Can you imagine if every single stupid financial thing you've done in your life, that whatever that was, that financial piece was in an account, okay? You bought the wrong house, you upgraded, you bought a, a car you shouldn't have had, you financed it. All that money, pretend, is now in an account. What would it be like if you were required within 12 months to spend that account, but you couldn't spend a penny on yourself? Wouldn't that be fun? Just to, be, just to have this idea of just being able to give and give and give and, and provide and have a plan for doing that. Just an amaz- amazing thing. Um, now, Chuck had kind of this idea. He has a plan. You know what his plan is? His plan is to give a million dollars away. Not a year, not a month, a day. A million dollars a day. And I know what you're thinking. Can I have his address? That's what I thought too, but here, but that, you know, we kind of joke, but it betrays in us 
The idea that we are givers and, and we, we are on the receiving, we, we want like the receiving more so than generosity. You need to have a plan to be generous. We have a way you could do that online, charitable organizations, hospitals, everything has an online thing now. You can plan it out. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Um, but one thing I want you to do, uh, as you came in or in your bulletin, is a, a letter um, which kind of goes along with our series, and then also this card. Um, many of you know what this is. Every year about this time, uh, we, we... Well, let, let me tell you this. this. You know who this card is for? It's not for the church. It's for you. We actually don't do anything with these cards. I gave away a secret, didn't I? We don't do anything with these cards. But what this card helps you to do is go, you know, what is God, how has God blessed me? And from that, how am I able to return that blessing um, with this card here at Trinity for next year in a consistent way, you know, or if, if you're in that mindset to other organizations. But now is a great time to do that. Most churches take the pledge cards they, and they base their budgeting on, or a lot of churches do, they base their budgeting on the amounts. We don't do that. One person is going to take this and going to enter it into your confidential online, you know, the giving statements that you get. And so every time you get a statement, you'll see that, see that number that you chose. We don't look at those numbers. It's for you because it's important for you and for me to have that generosity mindset. So the only thing I want you to do this week, actually two things. First of all is take this card, think it through. Next week we're going to actually, get, for our offering, going to bring them up and collect our offering and these cards up front as kind of going, God, this is what I feel you moving me toward. Notice I'm not telling you percentages or dollar amounts. This is between you and God, but a challenge would be, is there a next step I can take in that? Um, but the second thing I want you to do, do is this. This week, remember, I'm, try, I'm trying to get us from just being random act of giving to being generous, mindset of generous, random act of giving to, to generous. This week, if you hear of an opportunity or have the opportunity to be generous, whether that's financially, food shelf, clothes, uh, you know, giving away your house, I, I don't know what it is. No, no, don't do that. Well, you could if you want. Um, but you know what I mean. If, if you feel that, and then inside of you, you feel this thing going, but they're going to break it. What am I, I'm not going to get it back. I'm going to lose it. You know, that feeling that rises up like, uh, that. Now you know that that's a giving and receiving mindset, not generosity. Process that. Remember, I'm not telling you what to do, but other than just process, what is, what's going on inside of me? That's hap- that happened to me. Just God always does this to us preachers. When we're going to present something, he gives us something right before that, that feeling came up in me about being generous. And I'm like, okay, I'm preaching on it. I might as well do it. That's the wrong mindset. But, but if you have that opportunity this week, release, because then you'll be released to be generous. Transforming into, a, trans, transforming into a generous person is even better than just giving because, and this is the ultimate, goes back to the very first verse, we emulate God's unconditional generosity to us. God who loves you by sending his son Jesus to die for you. And listen, the promise from Jesus, Jesus said it, not me, as you reorder your life around being generous, not just giving, but generous, you will be more happy, 
You'll be more content, and you'll do great things in the world. God will take that and do great things in the world because you're emulating him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray.